Welcome back to Social Small Business, the podcast where we talk about small business and marketing. Hey, it's good to be back, Lee. I know. We had a week off. Um, Big shout out to my hubby, Blake. He won his election for General Sessions Judge Division 2 in Hamlin County. So congrats to him. Yeah. Uh, We have a politician within our work family here. We do. And we had to take last Thursday off to go to the polls. Hey, exercising your duty as a citizen that's correct I, so I love it. i'm happy to be back though because i'm really excited about today's topic yeah well hey i'm brooks gray i'm sitting here with lee simkowski and today we're going to be talking about the most boring thing in the world no it's not it's Email exciting Email marketing it's so exciting when you have a breakthrough and i recently had one so i was really really happy to talk about this today i don't necessarily think it's the most boring thing in the world but that's what most people think when they hear email marketing like oh god oh all those spam, spam emails, emails. Uh, they're following me around yeah but maybe we're weird because we're marketers and we're like no it's great it is great until we start getting them in our e- email inbox oh i open mine if i'm interested in it i open it yeah the problem is people usually just sign up at some random site it's like to create an account for something oh you know give us your email address and then all of a sudden you start getting thousands of emails yeah but you know there's certain things like if i'm in the market for a vehicle and i'm getting emails then i'm opening them or if i'm shopping for my kids at a store and then they send me a coupon i'm opening it so yeah, there it are can great, be beneficial. There are great things about email marketing. Let's talk about them. Let's do it. <laughs> so let's just dive right in. Um, so I'll ask you the question. As a business, uh, someone who owns a business, I don't, but I'm saying if I'm a business owner, why should I use email marketing? You know, we get asked that from when I go in and I tell, say, hey, guys, I think email marketing is a good fit when I go into our businesses and we talk about strategy. Sometimes it's not a good fit, but sometimes it is. And, and then I go in to tell them why. Um, the, my biggest, one of my biggest things is it's trackable. You put up, um, and I'm, I'm a billboard fan, but I'm just using this as an example. You put up in a billboard, you can't really track it. An email you can track. Or the, an ad in a newspaper. Right, correct, yeah. Um, you can track your click-through rates. You know how many people opened it. You know how many times they clicked it, where they clicked it. you got a heat map, and then you can actually keep getting better and better with your email. So it gives you a chance to like uh, improve as well. But you have a larger and a more engaged reach than you even do with social media. Um, emails are three times there there are three times more email accounts than there are facebook and twitter accounts combined that's i don't know what that exact number is but it's probably a lot i don't know what the exact number i just i pull i like to pull stats so people can get a good idea but that's that's a real stat and you are six times more likely to get a click through from an email campaign than from a social media post Man, so I just looked it up. There are 2.936 billion Facebook users. So there's more email accounts than that. Yeah, if you throw Twitter on top of that, which according to who you listen to, 80% of those could be bots. So who knows if it's yeah. accurate. So, but, and, most, and a lot of people have more than one email address. We were talking to um, our graphic design, which is her, her la- Emily, who's our, her, our graphic design intern. Today's her last day in the office where she goes back to school. And I was asking her, you know, about emails and she has multiple email accounts. So you got to take into account 
that when I say accounts, I'm not saying people. Yeah. So there's multiple email accounts. Um, I have, guess how many I have? What, two? Like your personal no. and... I have, oh gosh, that I actually use. Yeah. One, two, three, four, five. At least five. Really? And I'll tell you why. I have one that I created. It was like my very first email address. And you still have it? I still have it, but it got so spammy that that's the one I use if I sign up for one of these sites. Me too. You got to have an email address. I give them this one. So like it's full of just nothing. I have one of those. (laughs) I think everybody has one of those. Yeah. But if it's something I'm actually interested in, I'll use like an email address that I use. Or like if you need your food delivered, you don't want it to go to the spam. Yeah. But another reason is your your message actually gets delivered. I, I read somewhere that two um, percent of Facebook fans see organic posts, where ninety percent of emails actually get delivered. So your message is getting to the person if if they open the email. Yeah, that's the hard thing about social is uh, with all the algorithm changes. Mm-hmm. Man, like you post something, and I think you. Everybody just assumes we're important and our thoughts are important. So we just assume everybody's seeing this. That's such a fallacy. Yeah. In both both aspects. Yeah. One, you're not that important. Right. And two, Correct. not everybody's seeing Correct. it. Correct. Yeah. Actually, you are important. Thank you for listening to this. <laughs> and then automated messages average over 70% higher open rates and 152% higher click-through rates than the like business as usual top marketing, which would be like your newsletter or whatever. So when I say automated, auto, automated emails, I mean like the ones that are triggered. So you click on something, um, you send a message into a website that automatically triggers a thank you for sending this message, that kind of thing. So that's what I mean when I say automated. Um, and then according, this is the most important for me is the ROI when it comes down to our clients, because I want to create ROI opportunities. And if you don't know what that means, return on investment opportunities. And email marketing has a 3,800% ROI. It's very inexpensive to send emails. Yeah. I, I, I think I read that stat somewhere too. For every dollar you spend on email marketing, you get $38 back. Yeah. It's returned. It, it's, so. um, it's a it's a really good place to invest in because it is such a a small investment and a large return. So, um, but there is a future in email marketing. And so, you want to tell us a little bit about what you're seeing? Well, I, th- I think we touched on a little bit with the social side of things, knowing that um, social you don't own the the property that you're living on. The, the Facebook page or the Instagram page for your business or LinkedIn profile or whatever, you're basically just holding space on a platform that's owned by somebody else. And you don't know if people are getting the content. Well, so, you can kind of tell because we're only getting like two yeah, likes. True. So. <laughs> true. You thought you were just maybe not interesting. Well, that could be true, but also <laughs> there's people not even seeing it probably. Right. So, um, but with email marketing, that is content that you own, and it's an email list that you own. So we've we've been talking to some of our clients, and this kind of started back last year at some point. Uh, if you weren't aware, Google has decided within Chrome that they are no no longer going to allow third party tracking, which may seem like not a big deal because Firefox and Safari had already done that. Mm-hmm. Like they don't allow the third party tracking. Well, Chrome, um, I think I read that 
Chrome accounts for like 64%. Oh, it is by far the majority. Of the market share of browsers. So like tons of people use Chrome. And it's great for marketers because, you know, in a lot of ways we can be lazy and not have to worry about a lot of content and all this stuff because we can just target people through you you know seeing knowing their browsing history and what they're interested in so google come coming out and saying hey we're not allowing third-party cookies which i'll i feel like this should be its own podcast topic at some point so i won't get like real nerdy with it but First party cookies are those things like when you go to Amazon and you put stuff in your cart mm-hmm. and you leave the website and then you come back, you know, three weeks later and it's still in your cart. Mm-hmm. That's first party cookies. It allows the website is saying, hey, this is the same user. They put this in their cart. Third party cookies is when Amazon uses traces of where you've been on the Internet. So if you visit another site that's not owned by Amazon and all of a sudden you're getting recommendations because of something you have in your Amazon mm-hmm. cart. That's Amazon using those third party cookies to target you and make you really feel like, yeah, I should just go ahead and buy this. Yeah. So peer pressure. Um, it's great. It's great for marketing, but it has raised some concerns with privacy. Right. Um, and then the whole issue in 2017 or 18 with the GDPR, mm-hmm. all that stuff kind of started changing things, but so the mindset sort of became, wow, if we can't use third-party cookies, how are we going to specifically target a lot of these people? It's going to be a lot harder. Well, over the course of the past year, I was going to tell you this. Originally, it was supposed to be 2023 when right. they did that. They pushed it back. Of course. They they pushed it. It was supposed to be 2022. 2022, and then the pandemic. So they've they pushed 2023. Then they've pushed it back to 2024 now. Um, and the reason is there's this thing called um, what is it privacy sandbox or something um, Google Google's thing they're working out all the kinks with it so essentially what is it it's a way for them to still track users but do it anonymously so they're they're putting things in place that you know marketers will still be able to market to people right. Um, and off. as we learn about that, we'll bring it up here. Absolutely. Um, so that'll still allow some of that interest-based marketing mm-hmm. that we have seen for the past yeah. you know, a lot of years. But anyway, the, the biggest thing is you own the content and you have those email lists and you don't have to worry about, oh, can I target certain people? You can get messages to your audience whenever you want mm-hmm. and however you want. Mm-hmm. Well, as long as it's through an email. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> and if you don't have a customer relationship manager crm the email marketing services that we use the platforms that we use allow you to have that so it kind of maintains who your most engaged customers are who's unsubscribed you know it it helps you when you're going to send your email out, who to send it out to first, or are you sending it to everybody who not to send it to? So if you don't have a CRM, you don't have to worry that, how do I get these email addresses? Because some of them, a lot of these services integrate with your website as well. So people can sign up to receive your emails. That brings up an interesting point too. something you mentioned about like who to send it to and when to send it. Should, should businesses, and I know my answer to this and probably your answer, but maybe our listeners need to hear it. Should businesses, businesses, businesses <laughs> send every email 
to every person on their email list. No. And that is one of the biggest application things I have for today. And um, it's through trial and error that you find who you need to send it to. And that that's really the recent breakthrough that I've had. And it's uh, I've taken a master class in email marketing. I've, I've followed some email marketing experts. And I have really tried to make that a, a focus since last November. And I feel like I've finally gotten to a point where I can say I've got a formula that fits small business and you don't you have to segment your email list you need to segment your email list and those services allow you to do that you don't have to do this on your own so I don't want it to feel overwhelming to small businesses because if you do um, get sign up for one of these services and it can be anywhere from free to you know $500 a month depending on how many contacts I'll tell you we have a client that has 19,000 contacts and they pay $200 a month I think that's a minimal investment for 19,000 contacts especially when you're looking at the ROI that's correct. Yes. And and you can see that ROI in your Google Analytics. So that, that brings me up to another reason why when I first said you, this is trackable, when you open your Google Analytics, for example, I use constant contact, constant contact email will show up in my top 10 for this client every single month because it, it it sends people to our website they convert over to a lead and then we have somebody else that we work with that converts leads to sales so i can actually say okay our our email sold this so it's very very trackable but for application purposes for our listeners i have six things that can help with email marketing success all right get your pencils out all right ready <laughs> this kind of falls under you. Number one, and the most important, is an appealing design. Your look is your first impression. So if you have, it's a terrible email design, you'll probably never get them to open it again. If it's engaging and beautiful and, you know. And design, just to be clear, design doesn't necessarily mean like the everything graphics like just images and logos it it also is like how does it read yes like it needs to flow (laughs) confusing right and they get in the in these email um platforms they are service platforms they also give you templates and you can use those templates and you probably should if you're new to it for to give you that appealing design and then second number two keep it simple and concise um, about 53% of emails are open on a mobile device, so you know that you don't have long and you don't have a lot of space. So keep it simple and concise for your um, readers. Make it personal. The, the, you could, these services also offer the opportunity to put a personalized first name, um, but also just really personal. I have someone that emails me and the last line, it's an email service, and it emails me and the last line is, until next time I pop in your inbox. That's very personal. So don't feel like it has to be corporate and creepy. (laughs) No, I loved it. I was like, oh, that's cool. Um, So I think that you can you can make it personal, like your personality can shine through. And then if you make it if you're very it's like you're emailing a coworker or a friend, make it relational. So not just personal, like using their first name, but making it relational. And then fourth, you want an engaging subject line, not salesy. If you have a salesy subject line, more than likely it's going to go to spam. So you want to make it um, looking for a uh, F-150. I know I always use cars because I love cars. Um, looking for an F-150. You shouldn't use a better car. Than well, that. I don't know. I mean, the, 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 we sell so many trucks at Lake Auto. That's just exactly what I was thinking. Um looking for an f-150 we got you period something like that and then uh number six 
or is that number five? I don't know. Anyway, include actionable conversions to your website. That's number five. Include actionable conversions. That means you want to put links and buttons. So I'm sending out an email for Lakeway Auto. I'm saying get pre-approved and I'm sending them to the website directly to the pre-approval form. And that's then tracking how many conversions we get there. And then the last thing is include your social links. Always include your social links. Um, they Some emails don't, or some email services don't have all the social platforms yet automatically popping up. You can go grab the logo, stick it in there, link to your TikTok or whatever you might have. So that's number six is, is link to your socials. So you mentioned as an example, you know, dealing with Lakeway and, mm-hmm. and their vehicles and stuff. Uh, can you talk more about like, where you started with them when you started this whole email marketing uh, yes. journey and yes. where you're at now? It was so intimidating. It was intimidating because usually dealerships have their own processes. Um, so they get, you know, the, the emails are coming from the dealerships. So um, my first thing was this has to come from somebody at the dealership and not Lee at southmarketinggroup.com. So we set it up that way. And that was success number one. It's coming from somebody at the dealership. Um, number two, we just imported all of our C, we do have a CRM. We imported all of our CRM contacts. And I'm like crossing my fingers that not everybody unsubscribes. So we used all the contacts we had. So that's where we started. Um, then I played around with subject lines and realized that the subject line does really matter. So I I tested subject lines for months. And then I finally found, you know, two or three that worked that people weren't like, Oh, I'm hearing from them again. Um, Letting you know, we have manager or like in the basketball season, it was uh, what did we call? (laughs) I'm having a what is it? March Madness. Madness. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) March Madness manager specials. That got a lot of opens because it was it was the time of year and oh oh this must be a good deal I want to see what it is that kind of thing so the 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 subject line really matters and the segments matter and that's what I was talking about earlier you want to always email your most engaged people first and the average email open rate I think is like it's by industry but I think for the auto industry it was like twenty seven percent we had as of just a few minutes ago I checked. We had a 76% open rate on our most engaged. And I thought, oh my gosh, I finally got it right. So <laughs> 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 now watch next month. No, I'm just kidding. We got we got a good formula now. And then you want to consider your audience. Um, with Lakeway, we we looked at, you know, what it's not what we want to tell them. What are they looking for? So I dove into what are people actually searching for on our website? What's the most searched vehicles? Those are the ones I'm going to feature. And then I obviously I linked back to them. And really the last, yeah, I told you that the last it was, you know, 70, 74% or something like that. Um, so in saying all that, it sounds to me. 82%. Oh, yeah, 82%. Even better. Yeah, even better. Um, I heard that 87% of all statistics are made up. Oh, stop. I've um, got to prove it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in saying all of that, it sounds like, and I think what we need to to make sure that people understand is, even though we live in a uh, somewhat of an instant society, Email marketing is more the long-term yes. play than like the just quick and... I'm so glad you said that because I knew it wasn't going to be overnight when we started. And then for when I was, you know, intimidate, intimidated to start, I knew it was a long-term strategy. 
like people want to come in and tell you they can do this and this and this but i knew email was going to be a long-term strategy and it has paid off Mm -hmm. so i'd encourage everybody to collect emails up front um, especially if you're in retail, get the emails um, from your customers. It doesn't take every, you're used to going in now and going into retail and like, oh, can I have your email address? The least, the worst they can do is say no. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I, what's the what's the point in not getting them? Yeah, and there's there may be a lot of thought too. Like, I so okay, I've got their email addresses. I don't know what to send them. Well, there's a simple solution to that in my mind, which is what we would call in fancy terms market research Mm -hmm. if you are a um, restaurant go go to other restaurant websites sign up for their mailing list if they have them successful ones Um, restaurants that you you know kind of hold up on a higher tier like hey these are great restaurants Um, sign up for their email lists see what they're sending out um you know just kind of get a feel for what everybody else in the market is doing mm-hmm. and then use that don't copy what they're doing you know verbatim but use the ideas get inspiration ideas, yeah and the tools that they're they're using and say hey i could do that sort of the same thing with mm-hmm. my business and kind of tweak it a little bit and yep done yeah and and really the last thing i want to point out is your the frequency and your consistency is really important in emails um you want to get on a consistent so people expect maybe if you're doing if you're let's say you're a restaurant and you have a kids eat free on thursday and people are used to getting like that menu in their inbox or something you want to be consistent with it but you don't want to overpower people's inboxes because that's the biggest way to get unsubscribed is don't send too many but that goes back to to your most engaged users Mm -hmm. like you may be able to send them more right but you know for the mass the the big majority of people like you're just general audience like me don't blow up their emails yeah i don't want my email blows up that's why i use my old email address (laughs) right Right. hey hey i once asked a magic eight ball why i couldn't get my email what was his response (laughs) he responded outlook not so good that's why we use gmail gosh (laughs) uh if you're an outlook user don't feel bad we still like you hey thanks for tuning in today we hope you've learned something if not give us some feedback on social media send us an email brooks at southmarketinggroup.com have a great day